0: Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit. Bullshit is rampant.
1: Total fucking bullshit. Bullshit. This makes no fucking sense. I mean, it's just bullshit. Fuck. Bullshit. is bullshit. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell...
0: Welcome back to Bullshit Filter the News, episode 14, recorded this day of our Tiberius, the 20th of August, uh, 2018. My name is Cameron mm-hmm.
1: Riley, and your name is not. No, it's not. It's, it's the other Cam. Some people call me Ray. I'll take the other Cam, that's fine. I can't help but feel that, in some ways, on this episode, we're going to be going down some dark dark alleys so this one's probably gonna have a lot of cussing in it just to just to give everybody a warning
0: now our first story is about the death of kofi annan who was a black man and you start off by saying we're going down some dark alleys. <laughs> like that's just <laughs> no, this you no. i know you're from the south right you but said, you set me up I you just bitch can you please when you're on air turn it down turn the racism Lights. down hold on. a little bit
1: hold on let me get my tiki torch out of the way okay all right, there you go. All right.
0: Now, I just added this to our notes this morning. I apologize for the lack of notice, but um, I did go down some rabbit holes last night um, mm-hmm. when I wasn't prepping for our first Tiberius episode, which is coming out at the end Ooh. of this week. Uh, reading up on Kofi Annan, and, you know, I've... Uh, uh, so, Kofi Annan, for people who aren't familiar with him, because um, Chrissy wasn't. I said, I said you see Kofi Annan died? She said, what? And I said, okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, was the Secretary General of the United Nations uh, for... T- Two terms. Yeah, yeah, 10 years, I think, 97 to 2007, something like that. Right Before that, he was the head of the UN uh, peacekeeping operation. Um, basically right. spent his life in the United Nations. He was he was Ghanaian, uh, and he passed away, I think, aged 80 yesterday, or the day before, mm-hmm. sometime in the last couple of days. Um And, uh, you know, I always had a lot of uh, admiration for Kofi Annan during his years as the Secretary General of the UN, particularly um, when the US-led coalition, which included Australia and the United Kingdom, was uh, getting ready to invade Iraq in 2003. Kofi Annan famously said, uh, yeah, that would be illegal uh, if you do that without the United Nations blessing. And you don't have the United Nations blessing, so just uh, oh, stand down and back the fuck off. And they did it anyway. And he criticized uh, the United States and the UK for uh, an illegal invasion. Um, right, that's up. pretty ballsy. And, you yeah. know, uh, well, uh, uh, they got away with it, and there were no repercussions, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, and but, but uh, sorry you you want to say something
1: no, not uh, not only that, but I was just going to say, and the name Cheney will come up uh in this episode no, uh, uh, that was pretty ballsy of him, and it wasn't he the only how do I put this not white um secretary general Or something like that. I mean, this guy uh, was bucking the system for a very long time, set up his own foundation, and and kept fighting the good fight up until his death. And obviously his foundation is continuing, uh, and it has a a long ways to go as far as good governance and the transformation of um, African culture. So again, this man um, put his actions where his words were, and a lot of people don't do that. So good for him.
0: Yeah, he was the first black African Secretary General of the United Nations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fourth Secretary General of the United Nations, or maybe this, this doesn't sound like enough, does it? Was he the fourth? No, the seventh? unless they
1: run for a long time. Um, well, like you said, he was there for 10 years. so some,
0: Should have had some notes in front of me. Um, anywho, uh, one of the, mm-hmm. the, the reasons I wanted to mention him, well, a couple. First of all, I see a lot of criticism of uh, the United Nations on the Facebooks, and it's outlandish. I mean, not that they shouldn't be criticised. We criticise the United Nations on our shows all the time, but I see particularly Mm -hmm. Americans going, you know, we should get out of the United Nations, fuck the United Nations, particularly when the United Nations criticises Ah, uh, the United States, and and I see <laughs> yeah. some from Australia too, because the UN criticizes Australia from time to time, and you know some of this, you know, a lot of it I see online has to do with the UN criticizing Israel, and people going, you know, how dare you criticize Israel? Fuck the United Nations. Um, by the way, speaking of which, you know our mm-hmm. our sort of a little bit crazed Israeli listener, <laughs> Barry, <laughs> right? Uh, he, he sent me a filthy email um, just as I was on my ah. way back from Europe saying that he was quitting all of our shows after listening to me since the Napoleon days for 10 years. Because wow. on one of our shows, I can't remember which one it was. Um, I think it was a Cold War show. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, I, you know, I made some crack like, say what you want about Hitler but uh if he had won Harvey Weinstein wouldn't have been uh you know walking around naked and jerking off on women so that's true uh you know it was obviously I was being ridiculous and 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 mm-hmm. being trying to be outrageous uh uh and naughty and funny <clears throat> Barry yeah. Barry just went fucking batshit uh, you know, angry at me and um, spat the dummy and quit. <laughs> and I was going to write him an email It uh, sort of go, come on, fucking back, you know, calm down, man. But yeah. uh, I couldn't be bothered. Anywho, so, yeah. getting back to Kofi... Uh, uh, right, mm. Kofi Annan, mm.
1: right.
0: Mm. Getting back to Kofi Annan. So I see a lot of criticisms criticism, <laughs> of the UN and and, and and reading a lot of the um, obituaries of Kofi Annan, one of the thing that gets one of the things that gets brought up uh, a lot. He was the seventh Secretary General of the United Nations, by the way, not the fourth. Um, is that he was the head of the UN peacekeeping force when the Rwanda genocide happened in 1994? Yeah.
1: If I could, Yep, yeah, Sorry, go ahead. I apologize.
0: Now I don't know much about the Rwandan genocide, and I feel bad about that because it was the worst genocide i think to happen in the second half of the 20th century um so i started to to read up uh on it uh yesterday uh, i was about 24 when it happened honestly not really paying much attention to global affairs at the time sure. uh, i think i was uh trying to get out of my first marriage um and who wasn't <laughs> Sorry. And Sorry. My, my first wife, actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I went looking for a good podcast on it because I was, you know, I, I, I had things to do. I had cleaning to do. I was I was cleaning. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to listen, uh, learn, evolve. Right. While you work. TPN's uh, original uh, catchphrase from oh, 2004. Like Couldn't find one. Found one guy. Does like an Africa podcast. He had an episode on it. Listen to it. Drove me fucking nuts. This guy. Um, <laughs> you know, he just kept. He goes, and then, and I can't believe this happened. So and so did this, and then, and I can't believe this happened. I really can't believe oh this happened. So and so did that, and then I can't believe this happened. I can't believe they did this. <laughs> I was like, well, fucking believe it. It's, it's you know, because yeah, it, it happened. It happened. Anyway, oh, I yeah. gave up halfway through, but I started thinking um, maybe. Uh, we should do the Rwandan Civil War. Because I I mean, I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit this, but not much because I'm an idiot and people know that. When I get into the Tutsi and the Hutu and the Twa, um, I I get them confused. Uh, I've read up on it before and I can't keep it straight in my head. But the same was true with... Um, you know, Alexander's stuff and Caesar's stuff before I before we went into it. So I th- and, and Syria and all that kind of stuff. So I think maybe after we finish the war on drugs, um, um yeah. at some point I, I might be interested in doing a mini series on the Rwandan mm-hmm. uh, civil war because I think it's something that I want to understand better. Obviously, horrible. Uh, official UN estimates right. are eight hundred thousand people were killed in four days. Actually, it was about Jeez. four months, not four days, but it was very, very quick. Yeah. It was like almost, yeah. like, boom, out of nowhere, 800,000 to a million people dead. Uh, and killed with machetes, for the vast majority right. of them.
1: Uh, Bullets were too
0: expensive. So Kofi Annan yeah. was the leader of the UN peacekeeping force, and they did nothing, really, to prevent this and copped a lot of criticism for it. But I think the story is deeper than that, he's copping a lot of the blame But uh, I think if we scratch the surface, we will see that he tried to engage, uh, you know, the Security Council. But the problem was that the French were on one side of the Civil War and the Americans were Uh on the other side of the Civil War. Clinton was the president of the United States at the time, Um, because Mm -hmm. the guy who was the leader of uh, one of the factions... Was Paul Kagame, who is still today the president of Rwanda. He's mm. been the president of Rwanda, Rwanda since two thousand. <clears throat> but he's not a dictator, Ray. I don't want you to think he look no, just because he's
1: been he's very popular,
0: very popular, very very good friends of the West. The fact that he's been president for uh, nearly twenty years, no in, right. no indi- no indication that he's a dictator. He's just a very good guy. Um, yeah. also, uh, trained before the civil war, trained at Fort Leavenworth in the United States. Um, so yeah,
1: so he's got that going for him.
0: Yeah. So the U S had their guy on one side. Uh, he's the Tutsi. Um, the Hutu on the other side were being supported by the French. And the Belgians, I think, and the Belgians, you know, caused a lot of the, the, the racial divisions there in the first place. Anyway, very complicated, um, and I, I think we should, in, in our in inimitable inim, inimitable inimitable style, too early in the morning to say mm-hmm. that uh, we should drill down on it and try and pick it apart and see what the fuck actually happened.
1: Yeah, if I, if I could just set it up real quick on December 9th, 1948, the United Nations adopted a resolution that said when contracting parties confirm that genocide, whether committed in time of peace or in time of war, it is a crime under international law which they undertake to prevent and to punish. So they do have a uh, resolution for this. This is something very specific. If you can identify genocide, the United Nations should and will go in to prevent and punish it uh, I, I just want to throw this out real quick because I thought it was interesting. Um, the Germans were in Rwanda first and everybody in Rwanda raised cattle. And most of the people, excuse me, the people that had most of the cattle were called Tutsi and everyone else was called Hutu. The Germans get kicked out after World War One. The uh, Belgians come in. Belgians uh, think that the uh, Tutsi look more European. They're lighter skinned, a little taller. So they put them in charge even though they're only 10% of the population. Then Belgium tries to reverse everything to make the 90% happy. So now both sides are pissed. Now there's a whole bunch of civil war. Uh, There's a whole uh, internal fighting going on. And you're right, it was the Europeans that pretty much racialized this country and then started the civil war or or created the conditions for the civil war.
0: Yeah. Um, And the Belgians introduced like... identity cards that stated what your mm. uh, actual race was whether you were Hutu or Tutsi and and sounds like that was fairly arbitrary anyway probably not a real thing yeah. Um, anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's not get into that now. But he's copying Kofi Annan, copying a lot of shit. And the thing about the United Nations, because uh, you and I spent a lot of time on the Cold War show talking about the creation of the United Nations, and it was mm-hmm. largely Roosevelt's vision. Um, and it's a good, vi- it, it, it was a good vision. I believe in the vision. Yeah, I believe that we need global international. Cooperation uh, on on maintaining peace, on resolving conflicts, uh, mm. and, international
1: standards, right?
0: And you know, we haven't had another full on world war since the creation of the United Nations. Um, a lot of a lot of conflicts have gone on since then, but not a all out world war yet. But when people talk about dismantling the UN or pulling out funding from the UN, as your current president has been doing, right. people support that. and They go, well, it's broken. Yeah, well, look, it's not perfect. We know that. And a lot of that, I mean, it's not Kofi Annan's fault. It goes back to right. the problems with the Security Council. Obviously, the General Assembly doesn't have... Um, much of a, a, a peacekeeping force. They don't have a military arm. Uh, they have a little bit more flexibility now with that than they did when the Rwandan genocide happened, but they rely on the Security Council to uh, uh, provide a force when required. But of course, this whole process with the five permanent members having a veto. Is yeah. a big, big problem, um, uh, and you know. Anyway, we, we we've gone into that in detail in the Cold War show. Uh, it, it, it's not it's not perfect. It needs to be fixed, but collapsing it and and pulling yeah. how's that improvement? Yeah, we're we're going back to pre World War Two situation where it's like might makes right. And uh yeah. uh it's just a, it's just anyway, so so anyway, Vail Kofi Annan. he spent his life in the United Nations, uh by all accounts seems to have been a good guy, got massively attacked after he criticized the United States after the Iraq invasion. They tried to besmirch his mm-hmm. reputation. Um his son did get caught up in a bit of a inquiry about some dodgy oil for food stuff out of iraq they tried to get kofi uh, caught up in that but he came out of the inquiry looking okay but um anywho um i think yeah rwandan genocide podcast we might do at some point if you're interested if you're up for that buddy
1: yeah, yeah, I'm always up for some, uh, uh, you know, pulling back the uh, crap and exposing the truth. Uh, I did just want to, I don't know if we want to finish here or we're going to go on, but I just did want to say, uh, because truth is important no matter how you feel about someone, Clinton, President Clinton at the time, had daily CIA intelligent briefs on this. They they had pretty accurate numbers as far as the number of people that were dying Per day, but he, from the very get go, decided that the United States was not going to get involved, mostly because uh, the u s uh, screwed up its intervention in Somalia. He was going to go again, so he paid lip service, they refused the use the word genocide um, for from for like the first seven weeks or something like that. so Clinton knew everything, but he had already decided, and they tried to bury it as much and confuse the issue as much as they possibly could. Mm.
0: Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Scientists, Ray.
1: Fucking, don't you
0: love science, Ray? I love science.
1: Yes. Science is hot. I had dinner. I can't pronounce half these words in this article, but fucking science is hot.
0: I had dinner on Saturday night with an old high school mate of mine who's uh, 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 studied chemistry. He's now a principal of of a school in New South Wales, and a mate of his who's actually a research chemist, and we had a great chat about science. A lot of it was just, fuck, Mm -hmm. fuck, science is great, isn't it? Science is awesome. (laughs) Um, But there was an article that uh, came out uh, last week that uh, some scientists have recently successfully, I think for the first time, reversed the aging of human
1: cells. Yeah. I'm going to let you start on this one
0: well i this is a subject uh that i've done a number of shows on over the years ah. um going okay. right back to the g'day world uh podcasts. i had he used to have a guy called dr aubrey de gray on i think i had him on maybe twice once or twice i can't remember aubrey de gray uh is a research scientist who's been working on reversing Aging and and working on preventing uh, like death. He says that death is um, death is a disease and we can cure it. Um, wow. Maybe he says aging is a disease and we can cure it. But one of those. He's basically, <clears throat> yeah. He's been an optimist. <laughs> no, he's been talking for a very very long time, decades about the fact that um, well, aging is preventable. Uh, he believes, mm-hmm. you know, with with sufficient uh, understanding and science that we'll be able to cure aging and extend the healthy human lifespan, he thinks, somewhere between to 250 to 500 years. Um, Do you want to live that long? Fuck yes, Ray. At least that long, <laughs> if not longer.
1: <laughs> okay. Just checking. Just you
0: checking. don't?
1: No, look. Well, I mean, I, I've obviously never, I've never really given it much thought. But the point is, when you were in your twenties and you talked to this guy, did you think it was possible at the time that we would get to this point? I mean, how how they how, how they would do it or how they did it in this particular experiment was fascinating, and I think it is something that most people weren't thinking of as far as splitting the um, the factor of the DNA. But the point is. That brings up a whole other question that Thanos might have to get involved. I mean, we have overpopulation now. What are you going to do if someone lives 200, 200 years? Um, things, you know, Measures have to be taken. Yes. But not like Thanos.
0: <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, as part of our conversation on uh, Saturday night I'll with do my it. mates. <laughs> um, yeah, look, well, that's a separate issue. Okay, so people okay. quite often get upset right. about... Um, the implications of mm-hmm. life extension and, and that they are right to have concerns and we we would need to address those. I Partly, though, I think, uh, based on my conversations with people over the last 20 years or so, a lot of people claim anyway they would choose not to mm. extend their lifespan. They're that's like, no, nah, 75, 80 years, that's enough for me. Um, and that's fine. so I think, let's say, some of the population, particularly maybe those who think that when they die, they're going to go and sit on Jesus's lap,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, see what comes up. Right. Uh, I think those people may may want to pass on. And quite frankly, you know, I, I encourage them to do that. Um, yeah. But some of us will choose to live. So maybe, we'll, we, you know, some of the problem will be uh, removed uh, that uh, in, in that way. But we will need to get a lot smarter... Uh, mm-hmm. in terms of how we uh, feed and 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 provide the energy requirements and uh, for the population. Right. Maybe we'll go off-planet with Elon Musk. Um, may- maybe a large percentage of the population will end up going virtual before then anyway, and we'll just upload our consciousness into the matrix. Um, nice. But I would like to live long enough to see what's going to happen 50, 100 years from now. I don't think this is going to be a good... Century for the human race. Quite honestly, I, uh, you know, I think we're five. Right. We're facing five or six very serious existential threats. Um, and, and like, uh, uh, so, you know, I think, um, so we've got climate change, which probably is not going to wipe us out this century, but it's certainly going to fuck with us. Um, right, we're in a huge way. I mean, the with the climate going up a couple of degrees, ice. Polar caps melting, oceans rising. Um, you know, there's there's a little archipelago just above Australia called Indonesia, where 200 million people live, and they're not going to have homes anymore yeah. once the sea rises. So they're going to have to go somewhere. Let alone people living on coastlines all around the world, uh, their homes are going to be Jeez. underwater. Uh, right. So it's going to completely fuck with life as we know it. Um, unless some fucking miracle comes along and we're able to fix it, but uh, that that seems less and less likely as we, you know, as the world is yeah. run by politicians whose heads are firmly up their asses. So that's going to happen. On top of that, we've got the ever-present threat of nuclear war, and again, with crazy motherfuckers running countries like yours that and, and sitting on thousands of massively powerful. Um, nuclear warheads uh, playing games of chicken with uh, Iran and uh, North Korea and Russia Mm -hmm. and uh, other countries. So, um, not good. Uh, So that could happen. Then on top of that, we've got threats of uh, bio warfare biological weapons mm. being developed that could be uh, unleashed at any time then we've got uh, the, the threat of ai uh, becoming sentient and going humans you're you're a fucking virus on the planet right. like uh, agent uh, smith said in the matrix and, and wanting to take care of us before we fuck everything up too badly then you've got uh, nanotech and the gray goo threat Uh, somebody accidentally building a nanovirus that just dismantles everything around it at a molecular level. Um, And then we've got actual uh, old-school biological viruses like bird flu or the plague or the Black Death or these sorts of things that uh, could crop up. A new strain of one of those that's particularly powerful that we... Uh, Done of a vaccine for him that has a relatively long incubation period, like we um, like. Oh you know, the thing yeah. about a is its incubation period is is a few days. So somebody gets it, you know about it pretty quickly. If you had a virus like a but had an incubation period of six weeks, uh, that person yeah. could carry it. It could be it could have spread to half the human population before you even knew about it, and then all of a sudden it kicks in and everyone dies. So I think our ability to Navigate even one of those existential threats uh, is extremely tricky. Yeah, dicey uh, uh, over the next right. century because we have very very poor political leadership uh, and like basically it all comes down to Elon Musk. And according to recent interviews, <laughs> he's starting to burst at the seams. He's trying to do everything. Yes. So um, uh, uh, let alone us survive all six of those existential threats, I'm I'm mm-hmm. not very optimistic. That said, I would like to be around when we fail. I want to just see how it ends. Right. It's like, I don't want to... Get some
1: popcorn. Yeah,
0: I, I don't want to... You know, I, I, have you ever been on a plane flying somewhere and you're getting right towards the last 10 minutes of a movie and you're enjoying it and the captain comes on and goes, well, ladies and gentlemen, um, it's to finish our entertainment <laughs> yes! because we're landing now and put your tray tables up and your seats to their upright position you're like fuck it like i am nearly
1: finished the movie just do another couple of laps man like come on uh, now I have to go home and rent this just to watch the last 10 minutes fuck you which I'm
0: never going to do so I'm never going to see (laughs) I'm never going to know how it ended that's how I feel about the human race on this planet I just want to see how it ends I'm pretty sure it's not going to be good but I just want to be there I want to see it all go up in flames uh, or maybe yeah. we pull out of it. I don't yeah. know. But I, I want to see what happens. So um, yeah. in order for that, I need guys like Aubrey de Grey and these scientists that we are going to talk to, I promise, work on this stuff. So wh- there there are lots of reasons why we age. It's not just one thing. Yeah. It's quite complex. Um, one of those has to do with uh, telomeres. So mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you, you basically know what DNA is. Looks like Ray, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, double helix, and and right. at the end,
1: cylindrical. The way, uh uh-huh. huh, hmm? cylindrical. What? N- n- what am I thinking of? Whether it's wrapped up or is that in like a? Never mind. I can't. I'm sitting there trying to draw something with my finger, and you can't see that, so right. never mind.
0: It's a double helix, uh, right? Uh, and so the the way, as I understand it. Um, the that DNA replicates when a cell is uh, dividing is um, RNA um, runs down, splits the DNA, the two strands apart, runs down it, copies it, and builds copy of each. Right, um, mm-hmm. <coughs> it stitches it all back together. Boom! You've got new new cell. Um, but at the end of the DNA, um, top and the bottom of the DNA, there's uh, a chemical called uh, telomere, telomerase. Um, telomeres, and it's basically like... you uh, Remember the old uh, cassette tapes that we had when we were in the right. 80s? Um, you had the magnetic tape, and then at the end of the tape, you had like blank stuff that you would use mm-hmm. to wind it on the reel. Well, that's what they say tel- the telomeres are like. So when the RNA is running up the DNA, copying it, protein by protein, it gets to the telomeres and it goes, oh, okay, I should stop. All right, mm. That's the end of the, okay. the DNA. But what, hap- what happens is as your cells get copied over the course of your life, those telomeres get shorter and shorter. Um, and what happens is the RNA starts stopping sooner and sooner and miss uh, copies, uh, copies incorrectly. Oh, some of those cells. Right. Plus, there's just a lot of errors that happen in the copying and that kind of stuff. There's the there's um, kind of cell called senescent cells. They're older cells that don't function like they should, but they also um, affect the cells around them because cells are you know um, massively interconnected. They talk to each other all the time. What are you doing? Oh, I'm doing. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I, you're doing that. I'll do this. Well, right. Drink.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah,
0: uh, It's a bit like us recording shows. What are you working on? Okay, you're working on that. I'll work on this and together okay, hopefully it'll
1: work. I'm each in the middle. And then I right. said,
0: what are you doing? he goes, go, nothing. And I go, oh, fuck. Now I have to do everything. And <laughs> everything breaks down. Right. right. So anyway, um, mm-hmm. one of the things that's happened is that they've figured out a way to rejuvenate some of these old cells. So um, oh, there's this wow. by 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 taking hydrogen sulfide, which is a molecule that's naturally found in our bodies. Um, mm-hmm. They're able to extend the some of the life of some of these cells. Don't ask me how it works because uh, right. you know I'm not a fucking geneticist. Um, I do have some I do have uh, some information here though that I'll try and uh, read and hopefully make sense of it as we go. This is from I'm sure it will. This is from a paper uh, produced by uh, these uh, clever motherfucking scientists. Um, <laughs> cellular senescence is a key driver of aging. This is this is cells that, that die, right? Senescence cellular die. cells are cells that just just they sort age of age and die. Yeah, die. Is a key driver of aging, influenced by age-related changes to the regulation of alternative splicing. Hydrogen sulfide has similarly been described to influence senescence, but the pathways by which it accomplishes this are unclear. We assess the effects of the slow-release hydrogen sulfide donor, na 4137 and three novel mitochondria-targeted H2S donors, AP39, AP123, and RTO one On splicing factor expression, cell proliferation, apoptosis, DNA replication, DNA damage, telomere length, and senescence-related secretory complex. Oh, secretory. Expression in senescent primary human endothelial cells. Anyway, basically says that by playing around with all of this, they produced up to a 50% drop in senescent cell load assessed at the biochemical and molecular level. So uh, in essence, they've been able to reduce the aging, slow down, reverse the aging, whatever you want of some cells. Um, uh, so yeah, listen interesting stuff. Um, there's There's a lot of science going on regarding trying to slow down aging. Um, but yeah, it, it will we get there in our lifetime? I don't know what are, what am I now? Nearly 50? you're just over 50 yeah. mm-hmm. <clears throat> they reckon there was a book that I read. I did an interview with the author again back in the uh, did I ever no even before the G'day War days before my podcasting days like when I first got into this stuff. Uh, so sort of early two thousands, I went and had dinner with a guy who wrote a book called The Last Mortal Generation. Um, basically, he was saying that people born before two thousand. Would be the last mortal generation of humans. Wow! Uh, that people, kids born as my kids and your kids born after the year two thousand, or my kids with my older kids were born in the year two thousand, um, mm-hmm. will be the first immortal generation. Basically, by the time they're our age, right? So uh, they'll work this out twenty, yeah. you know, twenty forty eight, something like that, um, twenty fifty. Yeah, a lot of this stuff will be worked out. Um, and probably, like Aubrey de Grey says, it'll probably be incremental. So it's not we're going to go from uh, everyone dying around 80 to 250. It'll be, oh, okay, well, with this technology now, we can extend the healthy human lifespan to 150 right. or 125. But then in that next 40 years, there'll be more and more breakthroughs uh, where you will get it up to 150, 200, 250, et cetera. Um, but uh, the chances of our generation making it are slim unless we survive a particularly cut? long time. So, Right.
1: My, I, you know. That's my goal. Is it, really? My goal is to outlive you now. Fuck it.
0: Yeah, well, when my Jesus documentary <laughs> no. comes out, you'll probably have a much better chance of uh, somebody <laughs> taking me out, man.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Oh, I just wanted to give a quote. One of the people that helped on this, this research, research, he said, or excuse me, she said, We used to think that age-related diseases like cancer, dementia, and diabetes each had a unique cause, but they actually track back to one or two common mechanisms, and the research that they're working on would actually go a long way in preventing or slowing this down. This may well be the basis for a new generation of anti-degenerative drugs. So like you said, I mean, if they can work on some of that stuff, that there alone, you know, cancer, dementia, and diabetes, you're going to push it past 100, then you cure some other things, you push it even further, so I think you're right, I think it's going to be incremental and they're going to be able to do some amazing things i hope we're around for some of it Mm.
0: i mean some of our podcast series that we're doing we're going to need at least we're going to need (laughs) a hundred years to get through those
1: (laughs) yeah cold war because we're going to go up to actually today so yeah
0: let's talk about catholics um Uh, oh god fucking catholics man so uh, the the news that's come out obviously in the last week is particularly related to the Roman Catholic priests in Pennsylvania. The report, I think mm-hmm. they spent uh, a year or two putting this report together, eight hundred and eighty-four right. page report it was pu- yeah. uh, made public by the Pennsylvania Attorney General, Josh Shapiro, on the Catholics uh, in that area said that they sexually abused thousands of children yes. in Pennsylvania alone. How many For how many years? Over a 70-year period. Jesus Christ. And silenced victims through the weaponization of faith and a systematic cover-up campaign by their bishops.
1: And the Attorney General, and for anybody who wants to say, oh, the church didn't know, the priest didn't know, the Attorney General, Josh Shapiro, said most of their evidence was uh, largely based on documents from secret archives kept by the diocese, including handwritten confessions by priests. So the church gathered this information, wasn't smart enough to destroy it, locked it away, but the attorney general got a hold of it. And based on that, they were able to piece this together.
0: Yeah. And I've been following this story for quite a few years, um, how they discovered the church had these secret documents. This is a bit like the Nixon's White House tapes.
1: Like. <laughs> oh <God. laughs>
0: Ah, no one's ever going to find our secret child rape documents it's fine we'll just keep them in this cabinet over no. here. It's um, locked. Yeah the attorney general said that Catholic bishops covered up child sexual abuse by priests and reassigned them repeatedly to different parishes for kept keeping them as uh, keeping them active for as long as 40 years moving them around whenever people found out that they were raping children. Um, I like this bit. He said, describing the weaponization of faith to silence victims, Shapiro cited several examples, including one priest who allegedly told children how Mary had to lick Jesus clean after he was born mm-hmm. to groom them for oral
1: sex. I just fuck. Just take him out and shoot him now. Uh, the children were taught that this abuse was not only normal, but that it was holy. You're talking about fucking up a child for the rest of their lives.
0: Yeah. Now, okay, so everyone knows these stories uh, by now. Um, It's uh, well accepted, I think. But where's the fucking outrage from the Catholics around the world is what I want to know. There's two billion Catholics around the world. Where is the outrage? Why aren't they demanding the resignation... Uh, of every priest, every bishop, mm-hmm. the pope, the ex-pope, every cardinal, why aren't they doing something about this? You know, we 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 hear this about Muslims all the time. People say, "Well, yeah. where's the outrage in the Muslim community over the very small percentage of those that have weaponized the faith and that are, uh, uh, you know, uh, calling for jihad?" Um, uh, and and in fact, the Muslims are. There's massive protests around the world and and uh, marches and that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Just to add to that, six of the eight dioceses in Pennsylvania is what uh, Shapiro was talking about. Three hundred and one priests. Were cited in the report. Some of them have died, and he Shapiro was saying that the church was stalling long enough, so that uh, I guess I don't know if it's the uh, time uh, time lapse or that they would be either be retired or dead. And so again, three hundred and one priests in six dioceses. I mean, that is not a small number of criminals.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we've been through this recently in Australia, um, massive uh, what we call a royal commission here that found the same sort of thing. Like, I think the number we had in Australia was 7,000 children sexually abused by the clergy over the last 70 or so years, 60, 70 years. Um, And yet the Catholic Church is still a thing here. It still survives. Yeah. People are still going, sending their kids to Catholic schools. Putting money in. What yeah. the fuck? Our governments the fuck. are still giving money to Catholic churches, uh, Catholic schools for education. Why hasn't the Catholic Church been shut down around the world? Can you imagine if any other organization? was found guilty of this kind of abuse of children, a business or... Imagine this came out that the Muslims in the West had been uh, systematically sexually abusing thousands upon thousands upon thousands of children and then covering up the abusers for decades. The outrage that you would be hearing across the media. Why is this... Still a thing. Why? I mean, partly. Why? What? You know, one question I have is why aren't governments around the world just shutting down the Catholic Church? Um, like they they go after other cults. You don't say, well, it's a religion. You can't shut down. Yeah, you can. You know yeah. what happened in Waco What happened in Waco, man? Like, yeah. they freaking, they just had rumors shut of shit down. in Waco and they shut that down. Why aren't they shutting down the Catholics in the same way? But also, why aren't the Catholics just resigning on mass and right. why aren't the Catholics around the world completely up in arms over this? Uh, it says says something about the Catholic mindset uh, to me, man. I mean, you know, we were just in the Vatican, yeah. like what? a few weeks ago you and I were in the Vatican. yeah i mean the 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 appalling um just ostentatiousness of the yeah. the wealth contained inside of the Vatican um i uh, why are people just why are the catholics of italy just uh, storming the vatican why I, I don't get it man i'm am I'm, I'm just aghast yeah. aghast i am ray as a word i don't get to use much <laughs> well, but i am agh- it takes a lot to make me aghast but i am aghast, aghast
1: mostly cheese but um what? It, and but just to take just, no dairy products but just to take what you said and to drill down in those 6 of 8 dioceses how were those dioceses not immediately shut down because everybody is refusing to walk into them? How are people still giving money? And like you said, how are people still turning over their kids to to, to camps? I went to a, a Christian camp when I was a little boy. It wasn't Catholic, but the, thank God. But uh, the point is, these, these things still exist. How are people still showing up? How are people still supporting? How are people still giving money? It makes no sense to me how this just doesn't come to a complete halt. And as we see... It doesn't. And, and you can see by some of the quotes from the diocese, I don't think they get it. One so when, when, uh, statement put out that they apologize to the victims and that they're going to take steps to ensure that any criminal behavior is stopped, not found and arrested and turned over to the cops. They're just going to stop. And another uh, quote was, the grand jury has challenged us as a Catholic diocese to put the victim first, and to improve ways to protect children and youth. So, obviously, children victims have never been put first. They're not going to be put first now, but I guess it makes for a good quote.
0: Yeah. You know, in Australia, one of the recommendations that came out of the Royal Commission was that the... Shoot him. him. Uh What?
1: Sorry. I was going to say, line him up on the wall and shoot him, but go Uh ahead.
0: Was that... uh, Uh, the Catholics should uh, change their internal processes so that uh, in the future, if a priest confesses to child rape to uh, another Mm -hmm. priest, um, they should turn him over to the police. Uh, And secondly, they recommended that priests should be allowed to get married. Um, uh, Now the Catholic church in Australia has basically said, no, fuck off to both of those. We're not doing either of those things. Um, Now the whole getting married thing, I think doesn't make sense. I I don't think people become pedophiles because they can't get married. Um, I think pedophiles are pedophiles. They're, they're born that way (coughs) or made that way at some point. I don't think if I told you Ray, that you couldn't um, have sex with a woman, um, right. I don't think you would become a pedophile. Um, no, you no. may like we we know that in prisons at least this is uh, I don't know uh, 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 this is the this is what you hear. I don't know if this is right. I haven't read any studies so those, on this, but right. men that are doing long terms in prison, you know, decide that they're going to stick it up somebody's ass, or, or you know, they they become. Uh, a homosexual for a period of time. I don't know if that sticks once they get out. Maybe if they do their life, right. they're like, "Well, I have got to stick it in something. I'm gonna. Uh, uh, right. I'm gonna. There's only so many goats that we have here, so I'm gonna <laughs> stick it in the guy." Um, I don't really understand that. That's in, that'd be an interesting uh, study to see, but, but I don't think saying, "Look, you can't have sex with women." Uh, If you're a a male with a normal, healthy uh, 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 sexual drive, you become a pedophile as a result of that. I'm not sure that's how pedophilia works. Not that I'm an expert.
1: Right. No, well, I mean, you're right, because there is one thing that Shapiro described about the Pittsburgh clergyman would um, order the altar boys to strip naked and to pose as Christ on the cross while they photographed him. That is not about just getting your rocks off because you're because you're very horny that that is literally enjoying the process and having power over someone. So these people are truly screwed up. And I and like I think you're right. The fact that they couldn't get married, I don't think is going to solve that. That's not the issue. Mm.
0: Anyway, I like. I just, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have no respect. I mean, I have no respect for Catholics. Anyone who remains. Now, people will say, "Oh, but the Catholics Mm -hmm. do a lot of good work." And I go, "Yeah, the Nazis built the Volkswagen too, right?" So, (laughs) that's right. uh, (laughs) Do we go? Well, you know, you gotta you got to give the yeah. Nazis a bit of a pass there, because they built the Volkswagen, yeah. and it's, it's pretty good. Look, Classical
1: music, science, yeah, we should give them a pass. Architecture, I mean, uh, yeah. you know,
0: Spears, Albert Spears' architecture is pretty fucking amazing. And, and, and yeah. you know, their, their costumes, Audubon. Hugo Boss, yeah. come on. So, oh, awesome. Yeah. Very
1: flash. Got to give him a
0: pass for that kind of stuff. So yeah, that whole
1: no, well, they do that. good
0: too. I don't think that's um, you know. And uh, imagine an individual um, pedophile is in court mm-hmm. and uh, he's charged with thirty counts of raping children over the years, and his defense attorney says, "Yeah, but your honor." You know, he's he's a good guy, really. Like, he's also done some good yeah. stuff. He, You know, he helps out in his local community. So just, you know, let's turn a blind eye to it. Give him a pass yeah. on this. Uh, it's not going to fly. And I don't yeah. think it flies for the Catholics either. This, yeah, and, it should And not. the thing, and again, it's not about the pedophilia per se. Um, it, right. It's about the systematic cover-up of the pedophilia from the and that's that's come from the Vatican on down. The Vatican's been well aware of this for mm-hmm. for a very very long time. It's been the official position of the Vatican out to all of its uh, tentacles around the world that you cover these things up, you move the guys around, buy the victims and their families off. use you know, the weaponization of faith to, to uh, prevent them from going to the authorities themselves as much as possible. Right. Um, this has been a deliberate or- cover-up from the very top of the Catholic hierarchy for a century.
1: Right, And as Shapiro said, the pattern was abuse, deny and cover up. And when it got to the point where you couldn't cover up anymore, families were paid off with a lot of money because one priest molested five daughters in one family. They had to uh, they gave them a lot of money to shut them up, but they had to sign a form basically saying they would never, ever talk about it or disclose the information. So the church knows exactly what it's doing. It's got this down to a science.
0: Yeah, that's the Donald Trump model, right? Right, Have sex with a porn star and then get him yeah. to sign a non-disclosure. Um, now, I think everyone who listens to this, if you have any Catholic friends or family, you need to address this with them. You need to say, explain to me how you can still hold your head mm-hmm. up and call yourself a Catholic after this. Honestly.
1: Just asking. Just asking.
0: Now just I, asking, I know you asking. have a priest in your ranks, Ray. Are you going to confront yep. your priest brother-in-law with this
1: stuff? I think he's still a virgin, um, so it would probably be weird. He'd probably be uncomfortable talking about sex in general.
0: No, I'm um, not asking him about his sex life. <laughs> asking him about no. how can you remain a Catholic in yeah. uh, uh, in these circumstances? How can you honestly? Be a Catholic priest when you know that this is what the Catholic Church has been doing for the last hundred years, at least.
1: Yeah. I can't even imagine what he would say. Well, that's my challenge. I'll say that for the next family reunion. That's my challenge to everyone listening to this,
0: is... Well, like, okay, so what can we do about this? One of the things we can do is is have this conversation with Catholics that you know. Yeah. Like, honestly, how can yeah. you continue to to put money in the collection basket, to call you? You, you? you are enabling Catholicism with your continued support, even if you don't go to church and you don't put money in the basket, just by saying, yeah, I'm a Catholic, by putting that on the census uh, by 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 uh, associating yourself with this, from not with by not publicly recanting and rejecting Catholicism and all its forms for the crimes committed by it, you are supporting it and enabling it. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Um, couple more things. Um, the Pentagon, Ray. Yeah the bells you kick this one off seeing as you're an american
1: yeah so the u.s military the pentagon has decided to return the bells of balagiga i'm probably saying that wrong which were captured by the u.s troops more than 100 years ago um when we um took um the island when we took uh the Philippines after we kicked Spain out during the Spanish American War and as we said on one of our shows I can't remember believe it or not the Philippines uh Philippine people were not exactly to trade one master for another so the American army basically went in there and had to crack skulls we killed we killed so many of these people uh we, we killed uh children we killed women or whatever but the point is during one particular engagement there was a uh, there was an ambush and uh, some American soldiers were, um, lives were lost and the way that the ambush was started is that they started Started bringing these church bells. So after we put down the ambush and we put down the rebellion and we've we've taken over the island, um, we these I guess these church bells were brought back to honor. This is the important part: the American dead from this conflict, not the locals. So it's been sitting, there's three bells. There's two, I think, in Wyoming and one in South Korea. And now that we, the Pentagon has announced we're going to return the bells. And believe it or not, some people in the United States Congress and veteran groups are up in arms about returning these bells to the original owners that we took, we stole, after we killed and occupied uh, many of their people. Yeah, so
0: that's the basics of the story. Um, The thing that infuriated me when I read the coverage of it uh, this week was just the American bias in the whole coverage of the story. So uh, I've got this article from CNN. I'll just use this one, uh, but there were many more like this. So the Mm -hmm. CNN article um, says... uh, blah 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 the village of balangiga was the site of one of the deadliest days suffered by us troops during the 1899 to 1902 philippine-american war which erupted mm-hmm. after the us took possession of the islands from spain following the spanish-american war so let's just look at that sentence suffered by us troops the deadliest days right. suffered by U.S. troops. That's like saying the deadliest days suffered by the Nazis when they were invading uh, 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 Russia. So this is an inv- an invading yeah. force who suffered, and then it said. Then the other bit is the U.S. took possession, not yeah. violently invaded, but took possession. Like the the, the amount of fucking spin. In this and cleaning up of this is appalling. The US troops suffered. Oh, the poor fucking US troops. And the US took possession. It's like, took possession is when you buy a new car, you take possession of the car from the dealer. When you you invade a country, that's not taking possession. That's fucking violent invasion. Then it says more than 4,300 US soldiers died in the conflict. Any mention of the... Filipini Filipinos who died? No. How many Filipinos no. died in the war, Ray? Do you
1: uh, recall from when we covered this on I, the Cold War show? No, I can't remember. I'm sure it's more than US soldiers, but I do not remember.
0: Estimates of Filipino civilians who died range between 200,000 and a million. Jeez. Defending their land mm-hmm. from an invasion by the Americans. Does that get any mention in the CNN article? No. no. Fucking none. The word invasion doesn't get used. The number of Filipino deaths doesn't get used. But the number of Americans died gets used. Nothing about the Filipinos who died. It's outrageous. And this is your media today. And now I have, you know, I see lots of people say you call CNN the leftist media. Fuck off yeah. with the left. It's as good
1: spin. as it gets. Yeah,
0: right? Yeah. So this is yeah. the amount of pro-Americana spin that is just par for the course in your so-called leftist media. Yeah.
1: And is it Liz Cheney, uh, Dick Cheney's daughter? She's one of the three representatives in Wyoming that are saying these bells are memorials to American war dead and should not be transferred to the Philippines even though it's their bells and we took it by force but hey let's not and the thing that for me this article made it sound like Spain accidentally dropped the Philippines and we were walking along and we saw it and we picked it up it totally sounds like it was very passive and they started attacking us I mean that's the way this article reads it's absolutely pathetic
0: Dick Cheney's straight daughter Liz Cheney Okay, so I'll, I'll take your word. I like to refer to her in the media.
1: <laughs> so, so, so the, here's the question: Why is it being done now? Is it just distraction? But I know that the uh, the Filipinos have been pushing for decades to get these back. Why is it being done now? Uh, I, I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that. But I. I just do not get the American mentality, these are ours, these bells, which are ours, are to mourn the American dead. I I just totally don't get how they don't see the reality of the situation, that these were taken from another country as we were killing hundreds of thousands of their people. I, I would be like, you know, I'm very sorry, please take this back. I can't do anything about the past, but I will be happy to ship these two bells back to you as fast as I can through FedEx. I, I don't get... It's like we want our cake and eat it too.
0: Well, the answer to the question, why are they doing it now, is because they're trying to get something out of the Philippines. So, um, you're familiar with the president of the Philippines, uh, Rodrigo Duterte? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy motherfucker right. who's just running around right. like killing people Trump, left, right, Trump and center. Trump like
1: statements. And do- yeah. yeah and, right. and
0: Trump loves him. Trump thinks he's awesome. Yeah. He's running around, he's tough guy. you know, just killing people left, right, and center. Um, so, you know, there's this, uh, these deals are going on trying to get the the U.S. and the Philippines closer together as allies against possibly China. Um, I'm sure the U.S. are trying to build more bases in the area. I know they've got Uh. some sort of, um... Uh, mutual defence treaty with the Philippines. But I'm sure there's deals going on about bases or arms sales or something, something, something. And the Bells just got caught up in one of those right. discussions. I'm sure it's none of these things happen just out of the blue. Sure. Um, it'll have something to do with arms sales uh, or bases getting built and something like that. With Duterte, who's a complete crazy dic- dictator <laughs> motherfucker. Um, right. Uh, listen, just finishing off um, while we've got a few minutes, I wanted to talk about uh, our good friend Alex Jones. This, <coughs> this happened while you were away. I'm sure you've heard about right. it, though.
1: <clears throat> right.
0: Alex Jones has um, had uh, the, the, his shows, his InfoWar pages and shows taken off a range of podcasting platforms and YouTube and Facebook pages and all of that kind of stuff over the last Twitter, couple of weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah, Twitter are hedging a little oh, bit. They? Yeah, I think they, oh, okay. I think they took some stuff down and left some stuff up. Um, I think Apple took down his podcast uh, but left his app up. Uh, but anyway, there's been this massive uh, coordinated uh, removal of Alex Jones across all of these publishing platforms. And, I, and yep. I threw up a Facebook post and asked people what they thought about it. And it's been interesting. Most people seem to think it's a good thing, um, mostly because they don't like Alex uh, Jones. And fair enough. I mean, obviously, we don't like Alex Jones. We think he's either batshit crazy or just... Or just um, I was going to say evil, but... I don't like to use that word. A, just uh, a crisis
1: actor. Yeah, <laughs> he's an entertainer. He's an, an entertainer.
0: Entertainer who is creating outlandishly ridiculous and dangerous content for the extreme right because he sees a business opportunity in doing that. Um, you know, as as people probably know, uh, during a variety of court cases he's been up against over the last couple of years. I think one was a. Divorce battle with his wife and custody of the mm-hmm. children, and another ones where the um, the parents of the children who died at Sandy Hook are suing him for calling them crisis actors and getting right. his and their s- supporters have been harassing these people for years. Um, his defense attorneys usually uh, take the position that well, he doesn't believe any of these things that he's saying. He's just an entertainer. Um, right. he's just he's just playing a role of the uh, crazy right wing guy. None of you know, he doesn't really believe it, and amazingly, uh, his audience doesn't seem to care that that's the position that his defense attorney takes. Um, right. hey, look, he's just making it all up. Um, you would think that his audience would be like "fuck you," we're not going to listen to you anymore, and yeah. then instead they're
1: like "right on." Um. <laughs> He probably goes back and says, I just had to say that. I'm really with you. Because yeah. when, when he was dismantled, you, I'm sure you've seen the video of him. You cannot defeat the truth. You cannot defeat God. As in somehow he is doing God's work, which made it even more insane for me. But whatever.
0: So I, I am concerned about uh, this going on there. Now, there's been a lot of debate on on my Facebook thread about um, whether or not this is censorship. Uh, Now, the the, the two common retorts I've seen, both in this thread and also in other places online, people go, well, it's not censorship because it's not the state doing it. It's private companies doing it. They can do whatever they like. That's not exactly correct. It is still Mm -hmm. censorship. When publishing, when publishers, let's say you're a book publisher, and you say, uh, we're not going to publish Noam Chomsky's books um, or anything to do with uh, the left, you know, the, the real left, um, right. then that is censorship. By definition, they're preventing information getting out to the people. That is censorship. But yes, they're entitled to do that because they're a private uh, business and they can choose what they want to publish, what they don't want to publish. But it is still censorship. Censorship isn't only something that the state does. That is state censorship. But when businesses choose not to allow certain information to get out, that is still, by definition, censorship.
1: I have to ask, because um, Heather and I were talking about this. Uh, You have said at least 27,000 times, and I'm not saying that you're wrong, that America is off the rails, we're going the wrong way. I think your words were America's fucked. And in so many ways, I agree with that so here is a group of companies standing up to this guy and saying what you put out is dangerous because people believe what you say and they act on it. So here is either a a, a company or a group of companies to the best of their ability. I guess their only course of action is to fight back in, a, in the only way they can, which is to remove this guy. So there's, there's a group of companies out there that are trying to turn the course of this country from going down the shithole by getting someone like him off I absolutely agree with you that it is censorship and don't get me wrong this is definitely a slippery slope that we're going down but I certainly applaud what they do while at the same time I acknowledge that this could come back and bite us in the ass because they're going to take off someone eventually that I like or that I agree with or someone that I think is giving a solid message uh, for for our country so uh, yeah is it censorship? yes, but i I think it had to be done because it was only going to get worse, and he wasn't going to stop, and his followers were eventually probably going to do something violent and or insane.
0: but is it the responsibility of corporations to protect the the population from uh, a publisher?
1: no and, and and to answer that question, I think what they were really doing they weren 't doing it for the public good. they were probably protecting their bottom line because if you 're associated with this guy and then some of his lead followers go out and then do something they they go into a, a a mosque and they slaughter everybody or they do something crazy i mean you just you're just um, you are tagged with that so I think what the, the the why they did it was for selfish reason reasons, but for people like me. Um, who ha- I have no stock in these companies. That's not going to help me. But I still am happy that this one, at least one less lunatic, is on is on the airwaves. It's not their job, but in the truth, at the end of the day, they're probably trying to protect themselves.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I, I think it's the hypocrisy of this that bothers me the most, and also how.
1: Oh yeah, and of- I acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, look. Yeah. No. I'm not defending Alex Jones. I think he's a complete douchebag. But um, mm-hmm. and if and if he died tomorrow, I would, you know, not yeah. not mourn um, his passing at all. But um, there's a lot of crazy shit in the mainstream media uh, mm-hmm. that is incendiary. Uh, like OK, one example, um, the ramp up uh, of the crazy rhetoric against Russia that's right across the mainstream media in the U.S. now and is going to lead to uh, some sort of conflict somewhere at some juncture, probably, or, or the rhetoric against Iran that's happening in the U.S. at the moment, which, again, mm-hmm. is going to lead to some sort of invasion or war or bombing. Civilians are going to die. Maybe not Americans, or some American soldiers might die, or maybe some Americans. Maybe it'll result in another 9-11 at some um, point-style attack on the U.S. homeland. But people are going to die. Yet, I guarantee you, Facebook and all these other platforms are still allowing New York Times' content and CNN's content and uh, MSNBC's Mm -hmm. content to, to be published, which is just as incendiary. Uh, as Alex Jones's content, uh, to, not towards maybe Americans though, but towards people of foreign right. nations. Um, and I don't know, man. I just um, you know this this whole argument that they're doing it to defend themselves, like the the, the official reason that most of them are given is, well, he's breached our terms and conditions regarding hate uh-huh. speech. Right. Um, Okay, uh, again, that's that's reasonable. If you have terms and conditions and someone has breached it, that's fine. This argument that they're protecting themselves, I'm not really sure that that's reasonable. I, I, I don't know that they're going to get caught up in a legal battle because they allowed some of his content on their platform, although that is possible. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I think it, these things should be fought in the courts, uh, if he if his content is determined by the courts to be breaking the law, then uh, uh, then sure these platforms then are uh, uh, fully entitled to remove it. I mean they're entitled to anyway. But then it would be very um, supportable for them to pull it. But when you start having corporations deciding, because if you go back, let's go back a hundred years ago, seventy years ago, um. You know, publishers wouldn't publish anything that had swearing in it or sex or drug use or nudity for exactly the same mm-hmm. reasons. Well, this is not good for society. This is uh, breaching our terms and conditions, which probably weren't published as such back then. But internally, right. they didn't want anything that, you know, is the moral code of conduct. Um, And a lot of information was hidden from people. Okay, uh, uh, Kennedy banging waitresses, cocktail waitresses, uh, two at a time. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a lot of information that's been hidden from people by publishers in days gone past because they, for exactly the same justification, well, we don't deem this as being something that's suitable. We deem this as being dangerous for right. uh, for the country, for the culture, we deem this sort of information to be improper or incorrect. I, I just I'm just reluctant to encourage or support businesses mm-hmm. uh, m- making decisions about what we can and can't watch, what we can and can't listen to, what we can and can't read. Even though I may find that information objectionable, I would say that it's the job of our justice system uh, to prosecute people or prosecute people's listeners who are taking what they're doing. Um, I would also be happy for these publishers to go, listen, to to provide alternative content uh, that that, that says, hey, listen, this guy's crazy, right? And by his own admission in the courts, he says he's just making it all up for... Mm you know Money. kicks and giggles um right. i don't know man I, i'm I'm conflicted uh, about it i don't have a clear position on it i have to be honest
1: how, how about this and i and um this is going to be very vague but here's my knee-jerk reaction to what you just said i agree with everything you just said however <clears throat> there is a certain percentage of this country that is tired of seeing people like Alex Jones get away with it for years, make a lot of money. And yes, he'll be taken to court by the parents who were threatened by his followers. But as you and I know, he's got a lot of money. He can hire good lawyers and it's going to take years regardless. I think there's a certain percentage of this country that is sick and tired of the hate, the fear mongering, the the division. And some of us want to fight back it might be breaking the First Amendment, but I think right now people are so fed up to a certain degree they don't care. No, but it's and they're just—it's not breaking the First
0: Amendment though, because the first <clears throat> First Amendment is about the government. Uh, preventing right, free speech. So okay. this isn't. Right. This has got nothing well, to okay, do with I, free speech in the First Amendment because businesses aren't bound by the First Amendment, right
1: Right. Okay. So I retract that. I was wrong. But the point is, <clears throat> I think my. I think I. I still stand by my but There's a. There's a part of us. We're just ready. We're just sick of it. We're sick of our country going the wrong direction. We see it. We know it. We're just hoping it will change. And now it's. It's not changing. I think some people are just okay that others are taking action even though it might not be the norm
0: okay but okay so what about the nra and the gun lobby are these i mean that the damage being done to your country by the gun lobby and 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 people running around with ar-15s left right and center what's what's facebook and youtube and itunes etc doing twitter doing about that are they removing all of that content gun lover content
1: no, they're not doing it jack all about it. But a couple of weeks ago when the NRA said it was having fiscal issues, there were certainly celebrations all over certain, from certain people, all over yeah, but that uh, media. Came, but that's
0: not what we're talking about. We're talking about right. corporations no, making anything. arbitrary decisions to censor uh, promotion no. of uh, guns.
1: They're not doing anything about it. They haven't done anything about it yet. But maybe this Alex Jones thing was the first shot across the bow of what might Uh, a trend or whatever you want to call it that might continue where companies or individuals or whoever, because obviously like you said, the government's not doing anything about it or it's taking too long. Some people are just maybe deciding to fight back.
0: But why start there again? Like The NRA uh, and the NRA supporters have done inestimably far more damage. Real dead people. Every agree. every fucking day in the United States, to the best of my knowledge, Alex Jones and his listeners haven't killed anyone. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, but yet. he was get attable. He was get attable. He uh, he but was already down. He was already weakened. With the- this is the hypocrisy. Oh, I, I
0: agree. And people celebrating it in the you know fucking all the dancing in the streets over it. I'm like, yeah, right. but look, I, I, yeah. I, 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 there's far more hate. And damage being done uh in, in other parts of the United States than Alex Jones. If you're gonna start somewhere,
1: start with the people yeah. that are actually well, causing death. I I don't think and I'm and I'm just gonna call this a movement, I could be way, way overshooting this thing, but I'm I'm saying movements don't start that logically I, I think they just start somewhere and then it gains momentum I, I think you're absolutely right if you really wanted to do this service uh, uh, this country service you shut down the nra or you curtail it or whatever but i don't think kickbacks or reactions or slippery slopes like this start in a very logical fashion that's not to say that the nra won't get its comeuppance in the future but that's not happening yet for whatever reason
0: all right well we'll see That's the show for this week. Yeah. Be back next week. Cameron out. bullshit. 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 bullshit.